0: Well, hello, fellow Adventure Party. Come on in. I am your host, Jacob. And I'm your co-host, Curtis. Sorry. Oh, wait. No, we were already talking about this. We meant to be co-hosts. We're both co-hosts here. No, you're the host. I just stepped all over what you were supposed to be. (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) You said it. I did. I did. No, I just shot myself in the foot here. (laughs) I guess this is all my vote here. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, everyone, to the Backyard Tabletop. If you are just joining us, Backyard Tabletop is where myself uh, sits down with my good buddy Curtis over here, and we talk Dungeons and Dragons as if we were in a backyard.
1: I just had the best idea.
0: You just had a best idea? What was your best idea? I need to get a green
1: screen behind me so I can make it look like I'm in my backyard.
0: (laughs) (laughs) that would be really fun because then we could just keep rotating backyards though, until you find Mm -hmm. like your dream backyard or something. Yep. I like that. Um, We could even go to the point of like, as the, as like the podcast goes, like the day changes. So every time we cut back to you, it's a different time. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to put Skyrim behind you and it just keeps changing (laughs) locations. (laughs) Just get, just get
1: a, just get like a, an exactly one hour, um, time lapse of skyrim the world just just drifting in time and then just stick that behind me for the whole oh thing. there
0: has to, there has to be one out there oh there's plenty you could just oh i'm
1: sure st- strip one of those one hour calming skyrim music videos off of youtube and just use yeah. that video
0: it just yep i'm coming for you you better be watching out for your for skyrim you. yep. videos these days mm-hmm. yeah Well, typically how we start out this podcast is I usually, at least lately, in our new system that we kind of have going here that seems to be working for us, uh, I present a question to Curtis and we talk about that for a while. Uh, Today's question is a little bit on the darker side of things, if you will, um, because we're going to get philosophical here, Curtis. I mean, we can get as philosophical as we would like, personally.
1: I love philosophy. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I was drinking my tea. I... <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, that was hilarious. Philos- phil- philosophy. <laughs> the Today's question I really want to bring up and talk about is, what do you think is the most evil school of magic? And what do I mean by that? Well, because this is where I can really get philosophical, because I, I think the very first thing you have to do is like, what is evil right like because because theoretically a school of magic is a school of magic and you can do things with it and how the person uses it is up to the interpretation of it being good or evil right it's kind of like a sword right you could use the typical thing a sword it can be a tool or it can be a weapon of war um but this is just a presented i saw this hot take and i have an answer to this it was actually kelly mcgoughlin from the dungeon dudes that tweeted this out and i was like oh that's so true um and i may put it up on screen but the tweet was while curtis is processing his thought the tweet was hot take enchantment is the most evil school of magic I I'm paraphrasing. I think it was something like that. But I was like, "Ooh. That's so true because I feel like necromancy gets a bad rap. You know what I'm saying?" Well, I I'm, I'm just curious here.
1: So, I I think the I think the like the thing you would say to like counteract expectations is like, "Well, it's obviously not necromancy because everyone just thinks it's <laughs> going to be necromancy."
0: Right, right.
1: Um, So I'm actually going to do the hot, hot take.
0: Okay, okay.
1: Um, I actually definitely think it is necromancy.
0: Ah, interesting. The hot, hot take. The too hot take. A hot, hot take. My my
1: first thought was to actually go um, evocation.
0: Okay, okay.
1: Because to me, that kind of has the most potential for just wanton destruction. Just... Mm -hmm just utter chaotic destruction um, would be evocation.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Enchantment is very, is very interesting.
0: Just want to clarify, it's like we're, we're not taking any certain spells right off the bat no. here. We can later in the discussion, but it's just kind of the general ideas of these magic, of these magical schools. Just wanted to clarify that. But yeah, continue.
1: I definitely think that uh, abjuration is like the goodest magic if that makes sense
0: the most good
1: <laughs> um because it's literally yes, the goodest it's literally the best boy in, it's only intended f- for um self-defense and and not even just self-defense but defending of defending against magics
0: yeah exactly it's it's the ones where it, it is it's classified as the protection school yeah
1: i think you could go a few ways here um I understand why they're saying enchantment, and I think it's probably because you know enchantment—you're you're controlling somebody's mind without their consent, essentially.
0: Exactly, exactly. Or or altering how they feel about you, and you're 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 enforcing your will on there. You're you're essentially taking away their free will.
1: It's ba- just—it's basically a magic roofie. Like
0: you're yeah.
1: just. You're just sitting over there saying a few words and then suddenly that person really likes you mm-hmm. um yeah. or just has to do what you say depending on the spell you know
0: which is why i think it's it's like quote unquote the most evil because it is putting your fill your your will over someone else dip actually had a very interesting answer was it divination it was illusion
1: illusion
0: because and his there, here's what his reasoning now he we had a long uh, conversation about this and if you <laughs> if, if you happen to know dip out there, uh, he very much is is a very uh, person that likes to think about these things and so we had a, a pretty a pretty great conversation. so I don't want to put words in his mouth in the slightest um, but essentially what he kind of paraphrased that is a illusion uh, is is tricking the mind to essentially you could, Present a situation to someone, and it could drive them insane. So, for example, you you show them an illusion, an illusion of maybe someone they loved, right? He he used the example of the animated Witcher uh, series on Netflix. I don't know if you ever watched that one. In that one, he he was essentially tricked with an illusion, and he wound up th- uh, thinking he was killing someone that was bad. And in that moment, it actually turned out to be someone that he loved, and he was tricked in it, and he killed someone he loved. So, essentially, illusion can do that, but you can, you know, it can show it to you over and over and over again, to the point of, like, breaking a person and breaking their mind, and that's where he was going with it. Like, that would be, in his mind, a very evil thing, because killing someone is is wrong, but like, breaking the mind of someone, that would be- so- In his, is his idea.
1: So that, that to me sounds like, um, we said we weren't really going to go into spells, but there, there are, I would say the illusion spell list is like 50, 50, um, spells meant to make other people think they're seeing something and spells meant to just change the way you look or do something for mm. you. That's a fair point. Um so I I would honestly say that um you know if you believe um falsely representing yourself to other people is evil then those are all also bad. Yeah. Um but personally if you look at like it's basically just magic makeup, right? Like
0: <laughs> which which is Certainly, certainly not evil, per se. Yeah. Yeah. And and that and that's totally true. And uh, again, it, it kind of goes with the, the interpretation of how the person does it, right? Because obviously you can use these things for good. Um, but it, that was just a very interesting take. And, and how I was looking at that is like, essentially, you could do that same thing with enchantment. You could show someone a loved one and they potentially, or someone that they thought was evil and they potentially go to kill that person um and they find out they were tricked but a, a an enchantment you could actually have that loved one go try and kill that person so it's like a, it's almost like a real situation that could happen then
1: here's here's something else i would say
0: um illusion you could
1: use those same exact spells um to do great things mm mm-hmm. mhm um, you know, to make places look better or um cause people to uh see things that rally them or whatever um I feel like that 's very much a a neutral thing where um illusion spells are are much easier to use for good or bad um I don't feel that way about evocation spells. <laughs> hmm. um, I, feel like, I feel like evocation spells are almost entirely only meant to be used as damage, to hurt things, to, uh, to cause destruction in some way. You can't necessarily use evocation spells to build anything up, to make mm-hmm. anything better um you can only use them to destroy bad things that's the only good thing you can do with evocation
0: that spells. that is that is a very interesting take i like it i like it um I,
1: I i would i would say with necromancy um you know there are there obviously there's like healing spells and stuff like that the mm-hmm. the thing i would say with necromancy why it's still probably my actual pick for the most evil school is um all of the worst and most evil beings in Dungeons and Dragons are like necromancers, or completely use necromancy or any of that stuff. Um, and maybe hmm. that's why it has a bad yeah. rap, of course. But you know, you look at like orcas, <laughs> Vecna, liches—all of these people. These are all the the biggest
0: bads. The the worst people that are, the worst. are basically trying to cheat death. Right, they're trying to get sure. around that whole idea, right? Well, but not, and not to try I mean, and live longer.
1: Not orchid Orcus is just a demon. He's just a demon lord. But oh, that's he, true. But but yeah. his realm is like undeath.
0: Um, that's a very, that's a very good so, point.
1: And so, I I don't know. I I think that kind of inherently means that it is tied to something evil. And that's uh, a
0: very interesting point. Actually, tying it because it's like you you could potentially the idea is you could probably trace necromancy back to this demon lord type of thing, right? So the origins of it are pretty evil. Interesting. I like your take. To me, it's almost like blood
1: magic in in, uh, Dragon Age, right? It it has inherent risks and inherent ties back to very bad things happening. Um, That doesn't mean it can't, be used for good. But it does mean that it is kind of inherently bad unless you work hard to make it work for
0: good. That that's that's a great take. I like it. I like it a lot. Cause yeah, that the 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 interesting thing about this, especially is since we're going through like the the Rune Lords, how in yeah. Pathfinder those those schools can get traced back to those the Rune Lords that essentially each mm-hmm school of magic was tied to a an original sin like that except for divination uh yeah except for divination exactly um so that was also very interesting that they would tie like certain sins with certain schools of magic so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's 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 fun to talk about it's fun to think about and obviously it always comes down to the person but i i just wanted to get your hot take because i i thought that was that was that was a interesting perspective
1: you know actually divination might be a contender for the most evil because that's all just like peeking in on people who don't know you're watching them (laughs) you know if that's not if (laughs) that's not anti-consent i don't know what is
0: i mean yes that's true But then changing their mind, what they think about you, I don't know. Like, I mean, we're not taking, we're not taking um, particular schools or particular spells, but dominate person and modify memory, I feel like are just...
1: Modify memory is probably the worst on that list, I think, for sure. Um, I think uh, because, you know, one of the biggest things people always say is like, well... Your past is your past and nobody can take that from you. You've made the memories you've made and nobody can do anything about that. But what if they could? <laughs> that's what modify
0: memory does, right? Like, and usually, yeah, exactly. And usually like your future you're... you
1: can't control. So if somebody makes you do something, then that's not your fault. Mm-hmm. But what if somebody makes you forget something you always knew and it changes you completely, right? What if somebody forgets the le- makes you forget the lesson you learned that
0: made you decide to do all of the good things that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Like, now, exactly. It, it, the, almost the potential is endless, because there's this... This Okay, th- this could be potential spoilers for Baldur's Gate 3. This is more of a, a, a fan theory out there. I don't know how familiar you are with with the Baldur's Gate 3, but Shadowheart in the show... in in the, in the show. Shadowheart in the game... Uh I'll probably put a timestamp on screen so if you don't want any spoilers for the game please skip ahead. Uh but for the sake of this conversation Shadowheart there's a theory out there she is uh currently right now in the game she serves Shar and she has lost her memories. Or do you care do you actually care about this? Do you care about spoilers? Okay. Um she has lost her memory. Essentially what Shar does is before sending you on a mission um, she she tells you the mission, she lets you keep that, obviously those ideas in your head, but she takes away all the memories about you. So if you get captured, you can't give away any secrets because Char is the goddess of secrets. So this is a way of protecting herself. But there's a theory out there that actually believed that Shadowheart was actually serving Char's sister, um, uh, Sl... Saloon? Saloon, I believe is her name, yeah, the goddess of the moon. And essentially what Char did was captured her, took away her memories, made her believe that she was actually serving Char, and has completely changed who she was, right? So it's like that, I mean, could be considered pretty dang evil, because essentially you're taking away their personality and making you think completely different things about yourself sure i don't know i guess it comes down to what the person is intending
1: (laughs) if i was gonna say it's all about intentions with that that's much more to me that very much seems much more like again a, a a neutral thing you know if a hammer isn't evil if but if a person uses a hammer to smash somebody over the head is the hammer evil it's like no, most of magic is is literally just a tool right it It depends on why you're using it how you're using it what you're using it for. I think the question here isn't which of these is inherently evil it's which one is the most evil right that's the question um none of the none of these are inherently evil magic is not inherently evil in d and d um it just depends on how you use it. I think the question is, which one of these schools um, is the easiest to do terrible things with? <laughs> I think that's
0: the question. <laughs> that's which a great the, way to which, actually rephrase it. Which of yeah. these
1: schools mo- most inherently leans towards doing bad things? Um yeah. And I still I think I think it's necromancy strictly for the fact that in my mind evil is not just being bad. Evil is corruption, right? Evil mm. is taking something that is neutral and corrupting it, neutral or good and corrupting it towards bad. That's the true source of evil. Yeah. And and necromancy is known for being a corrupting school of magic. When you go down that road, you tend to get corrupted to do um, terrible things or seek knowledge that's going to ruin you or any of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's why that's still the pick for me.
0: That's great. That's great. We we would love to know uh, your thoughts down in the comments if you'd care to uh, explain. D- a dip is currently our most... Um, our, our biggest fan right now he always messaged me after i post it and he's kidding me so uh i apologize if i completely butchered your uh intention dip please let us know down in the comments what you really think because because <laughs> <laughs> you know it, it's just a it, it was an interesting thought experiment and i i just like to hear what other people say and i think that's that's a very good um yeah perspective curtis i love it thanks well um we'll be right back after this sponsor break
1: Hello, back from our
0: sponsor. Uh <laughs> oh, Curtis! I wanted to talk about something, so he went to go yes. grab it. I went uh, to go grab it, and uh, where I'm very excited. I have no idea what he's about to show.
1: So I, uh, I, I've got this product. This is not a plug. This is not sponsored. This is nothing other than, um, apparently, like. A year ago, two years ago, three years ago, I don't know how long it's been now, um, was apparently the year of Kickstarters for me um, because I've literally (laughs) received like six Kickstarters that I completely forgot I Kickstarted this year. Um, That's amazing. I, I.
0: I definitely know that vote, (laughs)
1: Um, but this one is one that I actually have been was really, really looking forward to, and was actually kind of sad that it took this long to get to me because um, one of the main reasons I ordered it was because um, it it is meant to be a world building tool, uh, ah, meant to help you create the worlds that you want and flush them out easier. Um, It's called the. Deck of Worlds. Ooh, I have heard of this. Okay, okay. Um, And it's by the guys who created the story engine. It's called the Deck of Worlds.
0: Um, Very cool. I I will put links down in the description if you're so inclined. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: You can go to uh, deckofworlds.com to take a look at it. I think they're now doing um, post-Kickstarter orders. Um, It was designed by Peter Chikowski. It's a great name. It's a great name, Peter. So, so basically, the whole point of this system, right? It is a it, it is a series of decks of cards, square cards, that okay. is meant to help you, um, kind of flesh out your world by uh, giving you prompts for um, locations in your world. Essentially, very cool. Uh, okay. So uh, there's multiple types of cards, Um, and you kind of pull them out in sequence so that you kind of add Uh these ones to it in order, and you kind of stack them up. Okay, Um, okay. uh, The cards are regions, landmarks, namesakes, origins, attributes, and advents, and that's in order of first
0: to last that you pull. Oh, that's that's Um, really cool. And so, you know where you know where my head went when you were talking about that? Uh-huh. When when you're homebrewing a world, how fun would it be? Just just a thought experiment, how fun would it be when you sit down to like work with like you have four players, and so when you sit down to make the character with each one privately, you have them draw a card and you guys build something together that's about yes. that character?
1: Well, so actually, um one of the suggestions he gives in there is you can actually Um, very easily cooperatively use this uh, with somebody else to kind of cooperatively uh, gain ideas and create something something. that's going to go into your world. So if you're at the very beginning stages of gameplay and you really want your characters to be tied in, you could uh, literally, after they've started creating their characters, um, run through one of these sections with them and either create the place they're from or create a, um, a a place that only they know about that they have a reason to visit.
0: So like that. that would be cool. And so instead of something in the backstory, maybe it's like a destination they might yeah wanna, like their character like, might want to go to. Like
1: if they like if they've been told to go on some kind of vision quest by their God or something, you could create that with them. Um, and create the place that they need to find, as if it's been burned into their brain by a
0: vision, kind of a thing, like a vision or a dream of some kind. Oh man, that would be so cool. That's a that's a great tool. I love that idea. I'm just
1: gonna run through a little thing here, so you can see in the box. You've oh, got look at your, that! All your little decks of different stuff. Um, if and so if uh, you
0: I, huh? if you want, you could take like video and send me that video if you want. So instead of just trying to hold it up to the camera later on in editing, I can
1: This is more organic. I'll do it this way. <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> um
1: uh, so I pulled a I pulled a region a region card and it's called okay. uh and it's a valley. Okay? So it gives you a little thing right here. You can kind very of very cool. That. It gives you a little yeah. picture to add even more. So then after that, you can pull uh, one or two landmark cards and choose between them if you want, but I'm just gonna pull one right now. Um, landmark card and this gives you two options so you can see that there's a rock or a vineyard Um, and so it's basically creating a landmark that is going to be in that region so once that's done I slip it together like this and I say okay there's a rock in this valley that's known as a landmark
0: Uh, oh that's cool okay okay
1: so then you grab a namesake card and it gives you four options. Um so they kind of range from like going ahead of the rock or going after the rock. So you could oh, say it's it's the uh it's the rock that watches or the rock of youth or the winking rock or the rock of sickles. Ah, that's um, that's
0: because now each region could potentially have a, a some tight end details that you could yes. even be so more gonna, creative I'm gonna, with. I'm gonna I love stick that.
1: under this the rock that watches that'll be okay. the name of the rock okay so that's the landmark this is so, all organic curtis is doing this this is, this is actually happening these are all shuffled i'm not doing this um uh, so then you pick an origin card and this kind of gives you like like it says origins and that gives you another four things okay and so we've uh-huh. got um that uh it was created or given as a gift it was shaped by tectonic activity It was a former Ah. military superpower, or it was founded by a repentant criminal. Um, So I'm going to say that it was created or given as a gift. Let's try that out. We'll see how that goes.
0: That's cool. That's cool. I also just love the idea of being creative with it and just using the words and like twisting them, you know, so just to be different, you could be like, okay, it's a hero turned criminal instead of vice versa or something. I don't know. I like that.
1: Um, so then you take one or two attribute cards. The only reason you would take more than one is just to have more options. Um, I kind of like the restriction of only taking one at a time per place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. Because it it makes you use your brain a little more to kind of figure things out. Um, so mm-hmm. this one gives you another four options. Uh, and it says it can be known for fashion accessories. It could be uh, that their gender expectations are unfamiliar to outsiders. It could be that it's an abundant energy source, or it could be that it's a habitat of an apex predator. Um, Interesting. And I'm going to put that one. Ooh. I'm going to put that it's a habitat of an apex predator. That sounds cool. Ooh. Um, and then. Oh, you dear. Can, and then oh, you dear. grab an advent card. And these give you two options. And these are basically. Um, Cards that give you prompts for what might be going on in the in that area. Okay. Um, and, okay. It, and in the secondary writing, it kind of gives you like further hints towards what it could be. So um, it could say the fate of a political prisoner is dividing the population of this valley. Or a new commune is setting up without permission in this valley. And I'm going to put that one. A new commune is setting up without permission. So now we have a valley. ...who has a landmark of a rock, and and that rock was created or given as a gift, and this valley is the habitat of an an apex predator, but a commune is setting up in this valley without permission... so just based off of that, this is literally happening right now, I promise you. This is yeah, not like one yeah. of those
0: infomercials no, where I'm like, but... <laughs> I
1: have this all prepared ahead of time. Now in the oven, I'm going to pull out what we just prepared.
0: No. <laughs> no. So, Curtis literally had to run
1: and grab it. Like, <laughs> So I'm coming up with this right now. Let's say this valley is home to a dragon, okay? Mm-hmm. And let's say that um, that's why it's the habitat of an apex predator, okay? It's the home okay. of a... Uh, let's say a blue dragon because it's a valley. That sounds good. Um, That sounds great. uh, And uh, the gift of the giant rock here, the giant rock was given to this blue dragon because dragons love treasure. It was given to the dragon so that people could pass through this valley uh, 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 without having to worry about the dragon hurting them, right? That's why Uh it's called the rock that watches if you're – If you could see the rock and the rock is watching over you, you know you're safe from the dragon. Mm -hmm. But there's now a commune of draconic worshippers that are setting up in this valley without permission from the dragon. And they're not passing through anymore. They're staying. So now this has dangers of breaking that contract with the dragon so that it can just go on a rampage and kill whatever it wants. Uh That's why your party is sent here. So that they can figure out why this commune's here, try to get them to s- to close up shop and leave, so that the dragon doesn't kill passersby. Mm-hmm. Boom! L- literally, it's like that. Took like what five ten minutes? Like ten, like, like ten, ten minutes, minutes max. And that's a that's a that's a whole adventure that could take like that, five that could, sessions. Exactly.
0: You know, it also not would only be that, really cool about
1: not only that it could literally just be a place on your map, you know. It's just a place, and it's just going
0: on. If the party has to be traveling through this valley, it's something that they could potentially stumble across. Uh, I also really like the idea of, like, if you were to do that with your player, uh, if you're the dungeon master and you do that with the player, I I love that idea because now you're building it with them. So maybe you can hopefully avoid the in-session moment of, like, when the player has to explain something about their goal or about their homeland or whatever it happens to be, they don't have to look at a dungeon master and awkwardly go. So what's it like over there? Yeah. Dungeon master. So now it's like you created it together. It's a little bit more in your mind, but also just a great tool to help you come up with a quick
1: one shot. And obviously, yeah. it leaves a lot of details out, but that's the point, right? It's meant to be a leaping-off point. It's meant to give yeah. you that basis. Like, I had to connect all those dots myself. It didn't right. connect the dots for me. The dragon was not part of the picture, um, but that's what I took Apex Predator to mean, and so that connected why the rock is there and why it's called the rock that watches. It, it it creates all these dots yeah. that you can then make a constellation out
0: of, you know? Yeah, exactly. That's a great way to put it. And, it, you know, I, I love tools like that because the 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 beauty about art in general and writing is that when you're supposed to put your own fingerprint there's no one that's going to like give you the answers but they can give you ideas to to go off if you were to also give me that same thing i'm sure i can come up with something completely different yeah right?
1: and, and i love that idea so it actually gives you um you it gives you all sorts of great help in this workbook but it gives you more jumping off points to where it actually tells you you can create your world map with this oh that's cool so you can you can take it and so it gives like a little thing right here you can take a certain amount of um uh of the region cards and just draw a certain amount of region cards Mm-hmm. And then decide, okay, there's a city, I'm going to put that there. There's a mountain, I'm going to put that there. There's a town, I'm going to put that there. There's a river, I'm going to put that there. And you can oh, that's create really cool. in this little section of your table a, a world map and actually place these things where they are going to be on your map. And then you can just take that and sort of draw your continent around it. You know, you can make... You oh, can that's make, so cool. You could make one big city that has... Um, three separate sections in it, or you can make a continent that has 12 sections in it, or you can make an entire world with multiple continents that has 28 different cards on it, right? You yeah. can just kind of expand this and just mm-hmm. pull cards for each of them and go, okay, that's what that place is, and pull cards for this one and go, okay, that's what that one is, and um, just take notes on it all. I, I, I was doing that on my table earlier, and it it was very Super fun. Gave me a lot that's of really so cool, cool ideas.
0: It just, I could, I could totally just see taking an afternoon and just having some fun for sure. I also like pairing that up with like a game like The Quiet Year would be yes. really fun too. Well, and that's what I did.
1: You know, <laughs> I, I, I actually took my main continent and I, I pulled out all of the region cards that I knew I actually needed because I've built out my continent so I know there's a mountain here I know there's a forest here I know there's a city here 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 and here so I pulled out a a mountain card a forest card and four city cards and a and a and a desert card and I set them all on the table where they will be on my map and then I just started pulling cards for each one of them to give them more depth because I didn't have any big ideas on what any of these places would actually contain Um, or anything like that and so it really helped me uh, just add depth and build out places that i haven't even thought about yet um that's so cool ideas about him. it's very very
0: fun so cool i love it well we'll put the link down in the description if you guys are curious about it i i love stuff like that that was usually what kind of you know when i taught the the writing club um or the creative writing club i i was looking for stuff like that all the time to just try and help spur creativity and also especially when you're starting out sometimes you can either go one of two ways you either hit writer's block you don't know what to start or you have so many ideas you have no idea where to start and you just get very jumbled and you yeah. you're you're in 17 different places um the stuff like that helps you either get started or help focus your mind and i think that's what i love about Stuff like that. That's great. And that's the thing, too. It, it, I think he kind of built it around the idea of being
1: for role-playing games. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, he adds in that little workbook that you could use this for book, like a book that you're writing. If you're building a world for a, a book series you're writing, you could use it for tabletop RPGs. You could use it for a video game world you're trying to write. Like, you could use it for any world building um and that's great there's actually even like little expansion decks that that add extra options for like different genres or different types of areas there's like expansion decks for like desert and arctic and like island nation type places Mm -hmm. there's expansion decks for um fantasy sci-fi and horror settings horror yes horror. horror horror (laughs) Hard <laughs> run. Um and there's even uh there's even expansion decks that like provide extra types of cards. Um like there's a there's an expansion deck. There's an expansion deck um that is called Heroes Quests and Fools Errands. And it's literally <laughs> just adventure prompts on cards. So, so cool. you could you could shuffle through those and then pull out an adventure prompt and throw it on one of your places and go that adventure they can find it if they travel there very cool this is the leaping off point and it could just be like be anywhere from like a a one-shot idea to you know something that's gonna take uh six sessions you know
0: yeah or something that'll be forever in your uh homebrew yeah that they just
1: never find and
0: oh well yeah it's you just hold on to the notes and they'll hear about it one day (laughs) oh that's so good Thank you, Curtis, for sharing that. That's great. Enough,
1: enough about me and my <laughs> shameless plugs. Tell no, me about I, I... Jake. Jake. Enough about me. Okay, we're moving on. I could talk about me okay. and the things I love all day, but you know, let's focus on you for a little bit.
0: Okay. Okay. Let's well, talk. If let's you're talk, sure. Yeah. You're let's sure. talk.
1: You know, I mean, be brief. But let's talk about. Uh, <laughs> Let's
0: talk about uh, let's talk about your your game you've okay. been playing. First and foremost, I love doing this podcast with you. Um, yes. So when last we left off, and lucky for me, I did just edit the one where I talk about it. So I did kind <laughs> nice. of learn exactly where it's we. Fresh in your um, mind. Yeah, it's kind of pretty fresh. The last I left off uh, was on a lot of. If you recall, Curtis, we had uh, stormed the Pale Tower. We yes. had made it here. Um, we got in via um, uh, disguises, and then a fight immediately broke out. We we got to these um, uh, platforms that are essentially like teleportation devices. You say mm-hmm. pass phrases, and something that Dip immediately texted me about that I'm so like, gosh dang it, I forgot to mention where we found the past paces, the past phrases from. Was a um, an adorable guy who is a Fey creature. Uh, his name was Hatch. Uh, I have a picture of him. Hatch, because Hatch, like Hatch Chili, you know. Uh-huh. Hatch. Nobody else is going to know, but I know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was good. <laughs> um, I know what you mean. <laughs> uh, so Nadia uh, actually rescued. This uh, fey creature from the Pale Tower, the hatch, used to work there. He wound up was um, uh, wound up leaving um, uh, because of reasons that I can't quite really remember because it's been quite a while. Probably just wasn't getting paid enough. Well, I think it was more than that. Uh, but regardless, <laughs>
1: <Disagreement> <laughs> he with is
0: the boss. Uh, uh, pro- probably something along those lines because the boss was evil. Uh, I do want to show you the picture, though, and I'm going to put it up on screen. Um, oh, he's a little gnome. He's a little gnome fellow, but he's actually tiny. He's uh, tiny because that's is that a that's real a wooden size spoon. spoon? Is that is that that's like a, real a size stirring spoon. size spoon or like an eating yes. size spoon? Yes, I, I believe it's like an eating size spoon.
1: Holy cow! So he's like this big.
0: Yeah. Do you see on his hat?
1: Oh, it's a button. Oh my
0: god! It's a little button. Uh, I'm definitely gonna put that on screen because you've he's... all now been gnomed. <laughs> there it is. Um, but he used to work at the Pell Tower. Uh, it was it, it was it was kind of a sad that we learned that Hatch uh, was actually the one that was with Nadia's daughter that was telling Nadia's daughter jokes. Nadia's daughter wound up repeating that joke later on that's what it's caused his the fault it's his fault so he felt oh. personally responsible uh, it was it was pretty sad um, so he felt pretty responsible for what happened rough um so he gave us passphrases, Uh, so that's how we're able to get through the tower okay uh, we made it we made it up to the second floor uh, we we cleared out that area we fought the captain of the guard and we happened upon the the uh the uh creature that looked i say creature uh because we learned that the uh person that was uh um what looked like the noblewoman that we had previously met was mm-hmm. actually a doppelganger i knew it
1: actually actually we thought it was the opposite huh we thought she was the real one and the one you had well, met before
0: was the we had a, i had a lot of theories that it was like maybe the other one was a doppelganger and this is the actual one but we were okay it was it was like, okay, good, <laughs> We' are like we didn't send a doppelganger to yeah. uh go back to the the family stead, but it still leaves the potential for all those theories. We don't really know for sure
1: now you know that is kind of what they were doing though it's it,
0: yes at least I, what they were my planning. character exactly something along those lines. My character has yet to really dive deep into the uh teldor notes that he has um. So I'll, I'll, we'll get there when we get there, <laughs> but we get there. We when continue, we get there. we get there when we get there. We continue on, uh, saying another passphrase. Uh, finding some, finding some stuff. We go up to this next area on the map, and it was a um, kind of more balcony-like area. Really cool design, like it was basically ice everywhere, and it was just on this balcony that was open. Um, So like we're on pretty high up there on the tower at this point. There we met a um, she wasn't human. She I'll put the character art up. Um, She was another uh, guard of some kind, but she was up there with with uh, being a little bit more of the nobility, but she wasn't the normal people that we've seen. A lot of the people up here in this winter land are, are human. You don't really see a lot of. Uh, different types of races um I, I believe the other one that's actually mostly here might be gnomes um so it's it's pretty limited on races you don't really see many exotic ones so this was an exotic creature that we found um and she uh she fought us we we fought her uh this was also like right when we leveled up to level four so we we got uh, dara finally got some damaging spells <laughs> I had had none no uh damaging spells up to this point so I finally got vicious mockery and bold, I took dissident bold whispers. Moves. Bold dis- Yeah, it was, it was pretty scary. All the way to level 3 using a what a sling? I used a sling, yeah, which actually I I, I was doing some pretty good damage with it, but um <laughs> Uh it does not compare to 3d6 damage though of dissident whispers. Um, so, which is actually really funny because I've rolled, I think I've used it twice and I've rolled pretty good on those Dissident do you, Whisper do damage. You still so. not have any damaging cantrips? I took Vicious Mockery. Okay. Um, at level four. So <laughs> I have it. <laughs> the classic bard thing. It was, yeah. it was just, it was just one of those things of like, I feel like my character just, he, he's traveling and he sticks with people um and he he acts and performs and and then he moves on he, he he had really no reason to use his words to hurt anybody um he's proficient with a dagger so he knows how to use a dagger and he has a sling that he he uses um so it's not like he doesn't know how to defend himself but he's always been with a group of people so in my yeah. head he's he's never really been by himself except for like a few rare nights type of thing or or those in between Days when he's traveling from one group to another group or one town to another town or something like that, yeah. um he likes to travel with people, of course, yeah, so that so that, that so that this fight actually went pretty quickly because because we kind of all kind of leveled up, so we all got some juice back uh because of how the leveling up works mid dungeon basically- uh-huh. um, and we fought her uh and then we moved on to uh the next place and the next one we went to actually l- was more inside a tower uh and this is where we found the apprentice of uh the witch that we are after um and he he we had some words of of exchange he basically said that the witch is not here um so that was that was quite um actually not Not a bad thing, because he kind of kicked our butts. (laughs) He had this spell. um, I believe it's like a Pathfinder thing, because I didn't really recognize it. Or maybe Dip was flavoring it a little bit differently. But up above, there were like these ice shards, and he would cast this spell, and these ice shards would fall on us. So it would do piercing damage, or I I think it actually was bludgeoning damage, and then um, cold damage. So it was it was pretty rough, and we had to do deck saves, and we would we would um, take half damage.
1: It might be like a ref flavored um, like hail spell or something like
0: that. Yeah, some something like that. It, he was he was pretty powerful. He was he was a glass cannon. Because um, uh, luckily our um, our fighter and our barbarian got right up to him, and then mostly we were hanging back. It was a circular room. There weren't really any areas that we could like dodge into, so it was it was it was kind of the spellcasters either had to kind of stay in the room or like try and open up a door and like slip into a door. So we just it was and the it was a pretty quick combat, even though we took a lot of damage. It it didn't last very long. So that
1: that sounds like um sounds like ice storm, which is a which is a fourth level uh, spell. Okay. Um, that causes a 20-foot radius, 40-foot high cylinder um, of rock-hard ice to fall to the ground, and each creature must make a deck save, or they take 2d8
0: bludgeoning and 46 mm. cold damage. That's probably what it was. Yeah, that sounds pretty familiar. And it was it was rough. And, and then the ground that it affects turns into difficult terrain. Becomes difficult, yes. So that's exactly what it was, because that's very important of Uh, what happens so basically um it gets to the point where he casts a spell and um me and oh i probably should do this because i don't think i have yet there are four players uh in in the party there is um a wizard played by our our friend ross there is myself who's the bard uh there's the barbarian who's played by our friend ethan and then there is nixia who is played by my wife sarah um so just there we go i'll clip it and we'll re- you know anyway <laughs> um so that's that's there's there's four members here uh myself and ross the wizard uh we go down when he casts that spell it falls on us because it does a lot of damage and yep. we failed our dex duck saves um nixia from what i remember nixia had to basically um she was she was in this place of do we does she like disengage and go help us or does she try and do damage? It was in this rough spot, and actually, Dip was doing some calculations because um, he was going to cast that spell and and run towards um, the um, platform to teleport out. Um, it was a pretty brutal one, but because of that difficult terrain, he got screwed over by his own spell. Mm. um so he couldn't di- he couldn't disengage um and then make it all the way to the spell because i believe the the platform was like 30 feet away so he yes. would have made it halfway or he would have had to use his action to dash to get there
1: yes
0: um so he basically knowing that he um did the spell one last time um but luckily um the barbarian was able to take him out Nixia was incredibly hurt, uh, but it was her turn and she ran over to myself, used one of my health potions, which are actually precious few in this campaign, um, used one of my health potions, got me up, and then I was able to make it over to um, uh, Ross's character, um, whose name is, his character's name is Sorian. uh, got him up. Um, Luckily, the healing word's a bonus action because I had to use my action to get to him uh, or he was just in my range to, for difficult train to get to him. So I was able to use my action to dig him up and then bonus action kind of back up. So yeah, it was quite a fight and and it was really funny because that was where we ended. And for a whole week we didn't catch that he had said the witch wasn't there. So for a, a week we were like,
1: what are we, what are we going to do with this witch? If that's just the <laughs> apprentice.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, so, My character gets Sorian back up, and we're like, "Oh, we're we're I'm I'm at like I think I'm at like, uh I'm at nine hit points, and Sorian's at um eight hit points. That was it. and so the apprentice had a familiar with him. It was a goat, and it was pretty hilarious. Um exactly it was a goat uh and he did some damage to our barbarian he kept headbutting him and like almost knocking him down it was really funny we all had a great laugh about it but when the 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 apprentice died the goat was still there so our barbarian picked him up and was just like walking over to us was like do you guys want to have goat tonight um nixia like okay and she I, i believe it was nixia um kills the goat the goat explodes in ice shards <laughs> <laughs> and did seven damage to us because he had walked over to us. <laughs> wow. So the goat had like its own mine fail safe in it. Exactly. Oh my gosh. So I Dude. got down, if Dude. you recall, I was at nine hit points that brought me down to two and Sorian was at um eight hit points so that brought him down to one
1: that would be (laughs) such a cool warlock invocation for like pact of the chain if you have pact of the chain which is like all based around having a super cool familiar dude and then like if one of your warlock invocations is that if an enemy defeats your familiar it explodes into damage that's such a cool (laughs) warlock invocation
0: and that would also probably help with those things of, like, because you're always taking those familiars, like Owl, that does yeah. flyby, right? Yeah. So you could take something else that that is, like, or you yeah. could destroy well, cause it. Because
1: like, one of the other Warlock invocations for Pact of the Chain is you can actually, your your familiar can actually, like, attack and do stuff. Yeah, yeah. Whereas normally, I mean, obviously, path, I think Pathfinder familiars are very, very, very different
0: yeah um, they 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 you can actually i think equip them with stuff and they give they give um, you bonuses to perceptions and
1: but uh but but warlock familiar is the only way you can have a familiar that actually gets to use that animals like attacks mm-hmm. um yeah because normally your familiar can't use the attack action
0: basically almost like being like casting armor of agathist on your familiar or something yeah. like that yeah i, yeah. If, yeah, I like that idea that's really cool yeah i like that idea we'll think about it more <laughs> yeah well uh so we 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 did get there and dip did remind us in that the witch wasn't there so we all took a, a big um heavy breath of relief because we were all like we cannot we can't in that condition like nixia was really hurt our barbarian was okay yeah you guys are all
1: on the on the edge of death basically exactly
0: i think i i think i had one spell slot left but Um, I was out of Bardic Inspiration, you know, I don't know where Sorian was at, but it was, it was rough. So, uh, I just
1: gotta say real quick. Um, I finally took my, like, level in Wizard and stuff like Mm -hmm. we were talking about, and we've had a couple of sessions now since I've taken my level in Wizard, and I'm like, I forgot how much, like, work and thought really <laughs> goes into like, what spell am I going to use today at these oh, low yeah. levels? Because oh, it's yeah. like, I get two. That's a two. very good point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like which one of these eight, six for me, which one of these six spells that I have access
0: to, am I going to use today? <laughs> like. <laughs> exactly. Cause yeah, especially with the tough. like, I you don't get them back till, till a long rest. Yeah. It's that, so that's, that's why I always have a hard time multi-classing when i am a uh yeah because i hate losing out on those spell slots um so yeah that is that is something um
1: the thing that makes it a little easier with wizard is you get the the thing where on a short rest you can oh, get a, a certain amount of slots back
0: yeah but, arcane recovery yep. yeah that's very it's very nice it's it's basically what our, our wizard is able to do uh, and one more level, and I get my bardic inspiration on uh, back on short rest, so yep. that'll be nice. But uh, anyway, in this room, after he has defeated, uh, if you all recall, uh, part of what the um, Black Rider had sent us to do, um, I actually don't know if I meant this. Our, our main goal is to go free Baba Yaga's hut, but part of it was also to shut down the portals to keep um, them from entering in the rest of the world right in this room and i'm i'm trying to also just remember what how dip described it essentially it was like a globe and kind of the uh in 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 this room can't remember if it was by the cauldron further back in the room or in the center i believe it was by the cauldron but i could be wrong in that anyway um there was essentially a globe and on it were like these connections all about it it's basically the world uh, with essentially these threads of the portals all about, uh-huh. um, and with a, I believe a natural twenty on our wizard was able to basically decipher this. Essentially, he figured out, reading it, understanding it, um, um, he basically figured out how to shut down the um, the the portal that was the one that was leading to Teldor where we all came from and dip yeah. gave him a choice, which was really interesting. Essentially one way was, um, kind of almost using the tower itself and, and understanding the, the, uh, understanding of it to, um, sever the connection. So kind of almost using your intelligence, I guess you could say, or maybe mm-hmm. more wisdom to kind of feel through it and with, through magical means, um, sever that connection or, he could channel a spell into it and essentially mm. overload that connection and destroy it okay
1: so so it's either it's either use finesse and your intelligence and snip the connection or um uh use pure arcane power and just blow it up <laughs> and blow it up <laughs> so it's so it's so it's like either i'm going to uh, snip the bomb so that it doesn't blow up in the first place, or I'm gonna go yeah, set it in a hole ocean. with a bunch yeah. of C4 and then <laughs> run away and blow it up so that it yeah. can't be used.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was kind of a cool choice uh, and how yeah. he presented it. Dipped it a good way of how presenting it because he didn't just say it's like make a wisdom or intelligence um, check or or a constitution check. Um, it was basically. Like he just worded it in this ways of how how would your character go about this? Uh, and in true wizard fashion, and in true saurian fashion, uh, he chose to channel a spell into it. Um, he had to use a specific school. I believe it was Conjuration that he had to channel into yeah. the into this globe, um, and he had to make a, a Constitution saving throw to basically withhold himself and and to to overpower essentially the magics here sure um because it was it was almost like he was um overcoming um the witch's magic right with his own magic and so it was kind of a cool way of doing that he rolled a natural uh 19 um plus some stuff uh and i gave him my last um so i may i i do remember giving him one more bardic inspiration so i may had one more left Uh, on that one and he rolled a one and people have consistently have not rolled above a two on my bardic inspiration. I've been very sad about it.
1: (laughs) You just got to get better,
0: get more inspiring level four, right? Yep. Uh, And um, he succeeded. Um, Dip explained it very well. He was, it basically took a lot out of him. He was Mm. sweating profusely veins Uh, It was really kind of fun because our Bardian kind of is like, you didn't, it's like, uh, he made it. You're a barbarian. Oh, did I say bard? Excuse me. You said bardian,
1: (laughs) which is (laughs) (laughs) the greatest word I've
0: ever heard. You you know, when you multi, when you're a bard and multi-class into barbarian, bardian, I like it. (laughs) Um, When he did that, the barbarian made a uh, comment about like, you haven't lifted anything. What are you talking about? Uh, and and sorry, and looks at him and laughs and says, "My friend, I have lifted this tower." And I was just like, "Ooh, that was a good one line. I loved it." Um, but w- with that, uh, we we basically left. We searched the rooms. We found we found a few more things. Lots of loot. We looted the witch's room and the vault that was also associated with her room. Um uh our our barbarian got cursed by a trap in there because an ice um statue was in the vault, and the moment that you stepped into the vault it shouted a curse at him. Um and he lost four wow. to his constitution. Oh wow. It was it was a rough one. That's
1: rough for
0: a for a for a barbarian. Oh mm-hmm. it was rough. Um later we did learn that it was just uh, a day curse. So it lasted 24 hours. Okay. But at the time Jeez. we were like, Oh God, buddy. Cause for a barbarian, that also takes away your AC too. Your so AC it was, and, it was,
1: and at, at, and at hit that points, point, yeah. that's what, uh, uh, f- four times four hit points.
0: Yeah. So is is eight, 16, 16, eight should be 16. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a big hit for him. Or, or no, um, it should be
1: eight because every two, Constitution is one hit point. So yes, eight yeah. hit points.
0: Yeah. Yes. Well it, it was a big hit. Um, but luckily we were able to to get some f- great loot. It was this was a looting session. Uh and we were all ready to leave. Uh our passphrase didn't work because we didn't get a passphrase for the witches area. Um oh. luckily we had found four uh potions of featherfall and we leapt from the <laughs> tower drinking the um or we found three of them actually. Um, oh. and so someone had to carry someone down. Uh and and in true uh oh that's right. No, we had we had three. Uh Saurian uh I the barbarian took took me down, so I held on to the barbarian and he drank the potion and fell. And then nice. Nixia um held on to uh Saurian and jumped off. So we do have one featherfall potion hey, left.
1: That's called conservation.
0: That's great. Yes. The really fun thing, and I will end it here, uh, that uh, Dip uh, explained to us, if that wizard had got away, he would have ran back to the courtyard where we all feather down, and in the courtyard uh, where we all entered in and fought the guards right at the beginning, there was a statue of a dragon in the courtyard, and if that wizard had got away, that scroll which saurian uh saurian now has this scroll the the apprentice had a scroll of animate object and he would have uh got to the courtyard and animate object on the dragon and we would have also fought a stone dragon <laughs> but luckily that did not happen but uh yes. that was that was, he all told us that at the end of that session i was like oh that would have been really interesting yeah <laughs> That would have been rough. Yeah, it would have been rough. Uh, but it was very fun. Uh, Nadia was still in the courtyard. She was waiting for us, and we all fled back to um, Willsby. Wellsby. Willsby. Um, and uh, the next session, we did a lot of role plays, but we'll get into that. Next time on the Backyard Tabletop. I know we next went a little time. bit over today.
1: Well, with me running out and in our intro fiascos, we're still at right around an hour.
0: thank you so much if you are uh still watching this i very much appreciate you i cannot speak for curtis but i'm sure he appreciates you yeah i appreciate you yeah appreciate appreciate you i appreciate you (laughs) uh again i am jacob
1: and i'm curtis and this is the disney channel (laughs)
0: I totally thought you were going to say this is pod racing.
1: <laughs> and, <laughs> and this, this is, is pod racing. Pod racing.
0: That, that's how we're going to end all our all the podcasts now. We're just saying this, and then together we're going to shout, it's pod It's race. pod racing. All right. Anyway. Uh, have a good one, racing. everyone. Good night. Uh, I believe this is coming out definitely in the new year. So happy new yeah. year, everyone. Thank you for coming along.
1: Yep. Yeah, pretty soon here we're actually going to be playing Curse of Stride and I'm going to be so excited. Oh my God, here we go. Maybe maybe we'll talk about that next. (sighs) Okay, here we go.
0: Bye. we got to get better at our outros. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get there.